0: We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit EquipusChurch.com. I had such a great time um, over the weekend. It's always awesome coming down here and joining family. It's always great seeing Will and Dears and uh, coming out of the house and seeing you all, seeing you all out there and you're you know, suffering for Jesus out there. Um, you know, it's just you guys continually blow us away. Uh, with your hospitality, but again, friendship, and just just to see, um, you know, how your anointing is expanding, <laughs> just growing and growing, it's pretty incredible. Uh, father and mother of the house, so thank you. We honour you. We bless bless you and honour you and the family. Those gorgeous kids. Bless Jake's fortnight e- attempts. Um, I had a, I had a good time uh, with the worship team kind of yesterday. Uh, uh, getting into some worship stuff and workshop stuff, but um, Friday night too I thought was really powerful. And, but you know, for the few people that were here, you'll probably hear some of that again tonight because I just thought it was so good. Everybody has to hear it, you know. So, <laughs> going to throw you some stuff from Friday night. Um, yeah, we, so we spend our, our time in you know in worship, but I've, the more the more we are in worship, the more I realise you know it's less about the tool that we use, which is the music and the lights and the stage, and more about what comes out of your spirit. All of the ministers that, that have stood up here and ministered, it's that we have to realize that our ministry and your ministry does not flow th- from your gifts. The gifts are just vehicles. Your ministry ultimately flows from your spirit. What's in your spirit flows through your gift. So you hone your gift, and people will listen to you. But it doesn't really tell you much about your to, about your spirit. You can have you can have. Uh, a, a, you can have an anointing, an anointing or a, anointing will give you your message, it'll give you something to say, but it, it won't necessarily tell me about your character. That will, it will give you an audience, it will, your message will be strong, your anointing will be strong, but it doesn't tell me really who you are inside. And it's not until longevity comes, and character comes, and, and then you start to build that up, that you really get what's called authority. And what we need up here is ministers of authority. What we need out there is ministers of authority, more than anything else. Um, You know, you can sing great songs. For a long time, I was a great in church, but useless outside of it. Because, you know, it was all about the gift. And sure, the gift was what got me an audience and people could listen to it. And I was able to help the church worship better or play music better. But I was pretty useless when when it came to real problems in real people's lives. And I had to figure that out because more people kept coming with real problems. <laughs> and I'd be like, um, can I sing you a song? <laughs> you know, see if that will help your depression. <laughs> Right? Because you're facing real people with real problems. You are a real person with real problems. So where does, this, where does all this talk sometimes? We come into church, sometimes we stand here and say, yeah, the promises of God are here, amen, Ah, blah, 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 shandala, shandala. And it's meaningless because we lack the power. And we're trying to say, well, how does the real power, I don't know how many people have ever tried to give up an addiction Or something like that. And we go to God when we fail again and say, where is the power? Nope, just me. (laughs) You're liars, man. Hey, where's the real power? When you're facing like, um, you know, somebody manifesting. I don't know if you've ever done that. If you've ever been around somebody that's manifesting. Then you find out whether you have authority or not. Because you can fool other people with your, with your Christian talk. You can fool, you can fool yourself, yeah. but you cannot fool God, and you certainly can't fool the spiritual realm. So I want that type of authority that when yeah. demons see me, they recognize me. Yeah. 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 Anybody else? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, it, that doesn't come without some work. Yeah. You've got to actually do some stuff to get there. Right. So I want to talk tonight about investing into your spirit. Right. Invest into your spirit. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. But of righteousness, of peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Well, he said this morning, man. There's something in pre-meeting. There's something about um, the ministry of Jesus, which is peace, peace. When you worship, when you when you worship, this when you pray, when you really connect with God, one of the fruit is peace. There's got to be peace. The armor of God talks about the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shoes are not, I mean, that's, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, preparation, we're getting ready to go anywhere. Sure, but your shoes have got to be solid so that you've got something solid to stand on. When you're being attacked, you don't get pushed back. You know, the Roman shoes had like spikes in it that you, could, that you could stop. They were really solid. That's the gospel of peace. The Bible says really clearly, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything and the peace that surpasses understanding, shall come and guard your minds and your hearts. That's the thing, that's the stuff. We, if, if we don't have peace, what do we minister out there? Okay, so Jesus walks into a room full of his disciples and says, peace, I leave with you. This is after he's walked through a wall and freaked them all out. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> now they're, they're all freaking out because they think he's dead. He walks in there after he's risen and then says, peace, I leave with you, breathes on them. What's that if that's not the Holy Spirit? He has a ministry of peace. His spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, having ushered the Holy Spirit into the planet, comes and breathes on them that spirit and says, peace I live with you. What are are Christians if we are not people of peace, if we are not ministers of peace? So what do you minister? It's a really tough question to ask, but you should ask people, what is it that I minister? Ask others. Ask others. What do others walk away from you having been ministered from you? If they hang around you for an afternoon, what do, they, what do they walk away with? Is it peace? Or is it love? Or is it joy? Or is it anxiety? Or is it fear? Or is it gossip? Or is it materialism? Or is it Fortnite? <laughs> or is it Netflix? What is it that they walk away from you having, having received your ministry? Because you minister whether you like it or not. It's just if you don't minister peace, if you don't minister the Spirit of God, then you will minister your own spirit. Oh yeah, already, ouch. (laughs) But the fruit of the Spirit, says Galatians 5, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. That's the ministry that we have. And that's what we should be ministering through our spirits. But if we haven't put any time into investing in our spirits, if we haven't united with the Spirit of God, then we are not going to minister those things. Sometimes we come to church once a week and think, there, I've got my fill of the Spirit, therefore that's all I need to do. But for six days of the week, we are investing other stuff into it, and then we we are surprised when that's all that spills out of us when we're bumped. You can't expect to get to sow one seed and reap another harvest. So what are we investing into our spirits? (laughs) Here's an interesting seed. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This is not a guy that doesn't know, know what hardness of life is. Paul wrote that in Philippians. Having been through a bunch of stuff. This dude knew the stuff that that guy went through. When he lists it somewhere, I won't read it now. When he lists it all out, it's like, that's ridiculous. Stoned twice. Shipwrecked. Whipped twice. I mean, that guy went through some stuff. And here's he, him, saying, rejoice always. Again, in fact, I say rejoice. Why? Because rejoicing is a seed that you plant in your spirit. And as, you, as, you, as that seed grows, you just keep on rejoicing. You keep on praising God. You keep on thanking God for stuff. Let me like said it this morning. You don't thank God for terrible circumstances. You thank Him in the midst of terrible circumstances. You thank Him for His promises that are real. You thank Him that His presence is always there. You're just constantly thanking Him because it ends up changing your perspective. It gives you God's perspective over stuff and not your perspective. Anybody can have a negative perspective. That's easy because your feelings will just go there. Everybody loves hanging around people that are positive. It shames me out when I see non-Christians who are more positive than Christians. You know, when they get sick, but they stay positive. Then you see some of us get a cold and we're whining as. (laughs) Let me read it again. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Is that all good? Yeah. Ephesians two sixteen says, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Now, I'm, I'm going to get the word into you tonight. Yeah. Ephesians two sixteen. This is a good verse to read every day. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit and in your inner being. Just meditate on that for once in a while. His Spirit and in your inner being. His Spirit, strengthening you with power in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. If we can just grasp that idea, us being strengthened by the Spirit of God in our inner being, that we can grasp the love of God so that we may be filled with the fullness of God doesn't it just make you thirsty when you when you when you hear those words over and over again it just makes you thirsty it makes you hungry it makes you just want to go and drink in his spirit so that I can be full and then when I walk out there that's what spills out of me so we've got to combat what what comes into us with his spirit <laughs> I love that verse because of the, these dimensions that it says. So you may have power together with the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep, and how high is the love of God. And I want to tell you that there's four dimensions there. How wide, how long, how deep, and how high. So many of us want the high straight up. The high part. The high part of his love. We want the heights of ecstasy. We want the heights of power. We want the heights. We want to see the miracle. We want that faith. We want the strength of faith. But we have to go through the other three to get there. And it starts with wide. How wide is your, the width, the width of, let's talk about worship. The width of worship. How wide is your worship? The width talks about your capacity. How hungry are you for God? We said this on Friday night. If 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 you're like we recent last year, we went through like a eating thing to try and lose some of this, and um, and you know we we did we did pretty well. I hated some some of it at the start, and then I got to really love it. And I was surprised at how quickly my appetites changed. Yeah. Right, I hate spinach. Well, I used to hate spinach. I hated cucumber. <laughs> no, go figure I just, I just hated it I hated the taste of it I hated spinach and I loved eggs especially on chips and hash browns alright <laughs> throw a steak in there on the side and you know you go. <laughs> right? this is Moldy boy that lived his life with steak eggs chips all of a sudden after, after as we started trying to eat this stuff and I was like no I don't want spinach just give me peas or you know something else but I hate spinach and then when you get hungry enough all of a sudden anything tastes good when I got hungry enough, spinach suddenly tasted really nice. But also, because I hadn't been eating all the other crap, my stomach got really used to eating spinach. All of a sudden, I found I loved cucumber. Well, who would have, who would have thunk it? Here I am, old Taranaki Maori, eating cucumber. <laughs> then, I, then one day, we went to have like a you know, special breakfast, and, I, and so I got eggs, felt sick. It's just an egg thing. Or what was worse then, we went to have like a burger or something fried. Stomach got all upset. Couldn't handle it anymore. I know. Yeah, What is going, don't you dare preach that word. (laughs) (laughs) Get out. (laughs) Be gone in Jesus' name. (laughs) You hearing what I'm saying? My tastes change. Before, I wasn't hungry for the healthy stuff. I was only hungry for the unhealthy stuff. And the more I ate the unhealthy stuff, that's the more I wanted, but the worse it was for me. It kept on doing bad stuff to me, right? I would look at these thin people and say, I wish I was like that again, but I wasn't willing to eat the stuff that I had to. And I wasn't hungry for that because I was too full of crap. How hungry are you for God? If you aren't hungry for God, what are you full of that's stopping you from hungering for Him? Our width for worship, our capacity for worship. If you're not hungry, there's probably something else you're filling yourself up with that's not leaving you hungry. As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. Where is the hunger? It's amazing. Once you start eating a little bit of spinach, then you get the taste for it. Once you start getting, you forcing yourself into the Word, forcing yourself into worship, putting yourself into worship space, taking the time to just to separate yourself from your usual life and sit down in a space. and, And even if you don't feel like it, worship Him. And then the more you do, the more taste you'll have for it. Then you'll find yourself doing it more and your spirit will long for Him when you miss out on it. (laughs) This is the width of worship. Are are you you feeling this already? If you want to invest in your spirit, let's grow your spirit well. Let's eat it. Let's feed it properly. The length, how long? You know, when Moses went up the mountain, right, all the people got to, to... Mount Sinai, and they, were, they had met God for the first time, and God said, hey, Moses, come up here, and I'm going you know, to sort him out, and we all knew that he was going to give him the Ten Commandments, but you know that he, 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 <laughs> he went up there, and he sat for six days and nights before God said anything. Imagine if he had got to day one. I okay, go, okay, God, I've come all the way up here. You've led us out of Egypt. I've seen that. It's really cool. Uh, you told the people to stay down there. I saw thunder. I saw lightning. Uh, it's really, it's, there's earthquake and there's mountain and a big cloud. So I know you're here. And I've climbed all the way up to the mountain. Now, here I am. And then he waits for a day. So, okay, cool. I'm waiting. Maybe you thought, okay, yeah, day one is a good detox. All right, and, then, and then he gets to day two, and he's waiting all day. Not just the morning of. I bet he woke up the next morning and go, okay, maybe has been every day. Day two goes. Then he's thinking, okay, I'm getting really hungry. <laughs> hey, but Lord, you haven't spoken. Shall I, shall I go grab something quickly and then come back? <laughs> no? Okay, all right, I'll just keep waiting. I'll keep waiting. Day three comes. That's two whole days now. Day three comes, and I'm sure he's getting really hungry. I'm sure he's, maybe he's getting impatient. And he's going, Lord, I, I, maybe he's just doubting. Did you call me up here or not? Yeah. Did I come at the wrong time? Did I miss the appointment? Did my, You know what I mean? Now, we start, now we're starting to doubt. Now it's day four. I'm sure he's going, okay, this is freaking ridiculous. You're doing this on purpose. <laughs> now we're starting to blame God, get angry at God. How many of us have been through that process, waiting for God? But instead of running away, he just kept on waiting. How long is your worship? How long are you willing to keep pursuing him until he comes to meet you? Because so many of it, there's so much waiting for us, but we give up too soon. You know, you, just, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get the chick if you don't pursue her. Here's, we're after God, and it's constantly—you know—that I love that, uh, the 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 idea of the pursuit of God. We are pursuing God. We're chasing Him down. Like He came to us with Jesus. He He came to pursue us, and that's, that's all. That's all good. But there has to be something reciprocal. Yeah. And sometimes He just puts it out there and says, "Okay, listen, you're not going to last if you don't learn to pursue Me now." So I'm just going to just just wait. There have been a bunch of people I know. Man, I read this thing about Mother Teresa. That she was, she was like before she started her ministry in India, she she was close to you, beautiful, close to God, this beautiful intimate relationship with God, and then she felt the call to go to India, to go to Calcutta, and start her ministry, and so she did. She said, as soon as she started that, it was like God moves into another room, and he never, and she never felt him the same sense. And she spent her life, as she, as she describes it, as the, one of the dark night of the soul. It was, like a, it was like a trial for the rest of her life that, Lord, you called me here. Where are you? Why are you not here with me? That's, that's rough, man. And you think, okay, maybe after one year or after two years, God might kind of come close again. But he, she said he never did. She didn't tell anybody about this. She told one bishop way later on and then she wrote it in her autobiography before she died. And everybody was like, Oh my gosh, who would have thought? She knew that, you know, he was there and she still had faith and she had all that stuff. In fact, the deepening of her faith was because of this dark night of the soul she went through. She kept on pursuing him even though he kept himself at arm's length. And you've got to ask yourself, man, that's hard to understand that stuff. But you think about it, there's some things that we can only learn by going the hard way. There's some things you can only learn by going the hard way. When you see the depth of faith of people that have been through difficult situations where God hasn't come through immediately, it forces you to put trust in Him that's beyond this planet, that's beyond this life. How long is your pursuit of God? How long is your worship? How long are you willing to keep chasing Him and keep pursuing Him? Everybody say width. Everybody say length. Now say depth. The width is our capacity. The length is our how long are we willing to pursue him. The depth then, after we've been wide, after we've grown our capacity, our consistency, after we've, after we've chased him for a long time, our, our you know, consistently chasing him, then we find the depth, which talks of intimacy. Then we find the depth, the intimacy, that secret place. Even that a lot of people want. And they don't get because we haven't been through the other two. Not willing to chase them. But it's, it's the secret place where life flows. In a marriage, the depth is the intimate place where the act of intimacy happens. And that's the place that life is reproduced. That's the place that's reserved for one. And only one. Sometimes God takes us through these places where it's, he just tests us and says, Hey, am I really the only one? I'm a really the special one. Is there someone else that's competing for my love? Because he's a he's spirit like any like one of us. And his Holy Spirit can be wounded and can be grieved. There's a part of God, we all know God, the Savior, God, the Father, God, the Redeemer. We, we know God, all, all that, but there's a Holy Spirit which can be grieved and which can be wounded. And he says, hey, I don't want to be wounded. So I'm I'm careful, like the dove that came and landed on Jesus, it's careful for him to remain there. And so our our intimacy says to the Holy Spirit, you can trust me, you can trust me, I'm not going to run off with somebody else, I'm not going to go have that special reserved place with anybody else. What is competing for God's love in your life? because of course the next step after, we, after he's sure of that then it's the height the height is great the height is the power the height's everywhere but can't, can't you see God is going here Alison in order for you to have these heights you really do have to go through the width you really have to show me your length I, I want to be in the depth I want to be in the deep places and then as a result of all that investing into your spirit that whole time the power the heights and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom that's the heights where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom we have to realize that we, we our spirits us, we were made with the spirit and when God breathed his spirit into us right at the start we, it was one we were one with the spirit of God That same spirit that God breathed out of himself into a pile of dirt became us. Do you understand that? So when sin came along, our spirit was separated from his spirit. And ever since that day, God has been working on a plan to reunite his spirit with ours. And it's been impossible until Jesus came. There's these beautiful verses in in Ephesians where he says... uh, he says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. Listen to this. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. If we are not united with the spirit of God, then we are, we are definitely under the influence of the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. That's scary, eh? But we're like, I'm like, nobody's ever said anything different. If we're, not, if we're not submitted and obedient to the Spirit of God, then of course we're under the influence of the world. Of course we're under the influence of the devil. Of course we're under that influence. But sometimes we think just because we come to church and a roof is over us, we think, no, 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 I'm all good. I'm under the Spirit of God now. Maybe I should tell another joke. Don't get too scared. It's easy. It's easy to come back. It's easy to to walk out from that stuff. In fact, God made it so easy for us. We've got total access 24-7 anytime to the Spirit of God if we would just choose to. But our problem is is that we get fooled and deceived and then we forget to choose to do that because we go with our feelings all the time. I'm just going to choose to do this. It's not hard for you to be an absolute saint. If you just choose to read the word and worship God. It's not hard, eh? Word and worship. It's not like you haven't heard that before in the years that you've been coming to church. Word word and worship. (laughs) Maybe we should just read our Bible. (laughs) But now, Ephesians goes on to say, But now God has united us with Christ again. We have access to the Holy Spirit. This is right in the Bible, man. But we need to obey Him and stop obeying the devil. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in heavenly realms because we are, and it says this, united with Christ Jesus. But now you have been, and again, united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. This is, it's so cool when you realize, man, we were, we were one with God and then our spirits were separated. And then all through the Old Testament, you just see us constantly. Libby said it this morning. In, in that culture, it was visitational. The Holy Spirit could only visit us and then come back. But when Jesus came... And now he was a perfect person who ushered into the Holy Spirit. And because he died for us, now the Holy Spirit can come and live in us. Now we live in an habitual, yeah. habitational, sorry, habitational culture. Now the Holy Spirit can actually live in us because of Christ. So when it says we are united with Christ Jesus, it means united with him and his Holy Spirit who is at work within us. That's awesome. That means that's the power that's available to us. Now we just have to choose him all the time. It talks a lot about obedience. Here's the thing with Jesus, right? We look at Jesus and think, man, that dude, I want to be like him. I, wanna, I want to, like, freak devils out, and, and I want uh, cast, to cast demons out, and I want to heal sicknesses, and I want to do all the miracles that he did. Um, but you see him, like, he, he didn't do any miracles before, before he was baptized. Well, the Bible doesn't record any anyway. So we can just assume he spent the first 30 years of his life just growing up with the simple task of not sinning. <laughs> so he grows up full of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says at conception, right? He was, he, the Spirit, God gives him the Spirit without measure, it says. So he's got the Holy Spirit in him all those 30 years. He's growing his authority through the Spirit all that time. And because he was trustworthy, because his authority was growing... Then God gave him extra authority. It's an amazing thought. The difference between the Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit on you. When he was 30 years old, having grown authority, he then got baptized, and the and, and Lord said, Hey, here's the Holy Spirit now on you. On you for what? On you for ministry. Well, so many of us, again, we, we struggle with the idea of we come into church, we recognize we've got gifts, and then we say, Let's go and minister. But well, we haven't taken the time to grow that authority. There's a difference between growing authority and given authority. Okay, all right. So there's a difference. In Luke nine, it says this: Luke nine. One day, Jesus called together his twelve disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. That's awesome, right? Jesus gives authority to his disciples. To cast out demons and to heal sickness. So then they go out and they start casting out demons with the given authority. That doesn't, whether they deserved it or not, he gave them the authority. We don't know whether they were still stealing or still sleeping with their girlfriend or still smoking or whatever. It doesn't matter. He gave them authority and they went out and they did it. In Jesus' name, Begone! Right? Awesome. <laughs> and then later on, 30 verses later in that same chapter... It says this, A man in the crowd called out to him, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, my only child. An evil spirit keeps seizing him, making him scream. It throws him into convulsions, so that he foams at the mouth. It batters him and hardly ever leaves him alone. I begged your disciples to cast out the spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus himself gave them authority to cast out devils. 30 verses later, they couldn't do it. Why not? Because even given authority won't last in an immature spirit. Even given authority won't last in an immature, immature spirit. Jesus spent 30 years growing His Spirit, maturing His Spirit. He matured His Spirit with the Word. He matured His Spirit with holiness. He matured His Spirit with obedience. He kept on saying yes to the Holy Spirit. But we, and kept on worshiping. But our spirits are immature. So we come and we recognize our gifts. We get an anointing. That's all awesome. But continue to obey the Holy Spirit inside. Get the Word inside you. Come to worship Him a lot. And then your spirit starts to grow and mature more so that the level of your, your character and your growing authority reaches the level of your given authority. And then your given authority continues. And then you can be like Jesus, who then read Isaiah 61 and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bind the brokenhearted and set the captives free, do all that stuff. You know, he, Jesus came out of the desert after being tempted by the devil, walked into a synagogue, read that out, and the only guy that recognized him was the demon possessed guy. That's amazing. I, I just, I mean, I, my question is how long had that guy been sitting in church? <laughs> how long had a demon possessed guy been sitting in church and nobody recognized it? Until a guy anointed by the Holy Spirit with the authority of the Spirit inside walks into his church and the demon cries out and reveals himself. I'm, oh, yeah, this is getting really serious now, are right? you? Look. Like, my other question is, how long, what has the devil been doing in your life that you haven't recognized? Wow. What's he doing in your family right now? How, how much is he working along and doing stuff in your world and, do, and we're not even seeing it because our spirit is just not open to the Spirit of God? When you are one with the Spirit of God, your eyes are open to see what he sees. And we need to recognize that stuff. Man, we, need, we talk about being prophetic. I want, I want us to be prophetic. Prophetic. But we need to live prophetic and not, and not see prophetic as just being in a worship time and saying, Thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Everything about you should be prophetic. The way, the way you walk, you should see things and hear the voice of God and feel and discern things. So that when you walk into someone, you discern their spirit immediately. And it's more than a gift. It's such a, this, 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 he keeps on talking about the spirit of prophecy, but the spirit of prophecy is useless without the spirit of love. So what is that if it's not maturity? We have so many gifts, but we lack the mature spirit to be able to minister properly. Invest in your spirit. (laughs) Let me talk about the armor of God. I think it's amazing that that the armor of God has a line for all of, the, all of the bits and pieces, right? The belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes of peace. And then it says, and also take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So now it takes the sword of the Spirit and the Word of God and puts them in one line. All the other pieces get a whole line each. You think that there's something in that. For it to say, hey, I think the sword of the spirit is like powerful enough to have its own line, maybe? And the word of God, you think that's big enough to have its own line. But no, it puts them two together. Why? Because the word of the sword of the spirit is so locked in with the word. The spirit is the spirit, the word is a living spirit. The word is a living word. The spirit is infused in the word. And I believe there's a way of reading the word where <laughs> that pulls out the infusion. If you know what I mean, pulling out your Bible first thing in the morning where you can ble- hardly read it because you're blurry eyed and you get through your U you Vision plan in 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, okay, I've done it. That's not reading the Word and taking hold of the sword of the Spirit. I, I, th- I think the most powerful weapon we have in our arsenal is biblical meditation taking the Word in, really meditating on it. Psalms says, man, a, a prosperous and abundance is that guy that meditates on the law of the Lord day and night, who sees the word and reads it and drinks it in and soaks it in and then it just sits there all day and it ruminates. All of a sudden you've got that power. You know, for addicts, if you're struggling with anything, have the word of God ruminating in you. That's where the power comes from because ruminating in that word is the Holy Spirit. Just 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 I mean sometimes just reading out of habit is awesome because it's just kind of washing over you all the time, but the honestly, that daily verse that we get that's just not enough. Yeah. The daily verse that you get on your phone or just the one email you get it's just not enough. It's not that big a deal to read a whole book. Hey there's only six chapters of Ephesians yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take that long. But I don't know, we've been conditioned to read small bits of the Bible. But who said we have to just read small bits? Your devotionals, that's who. Okay, (laughs) let me tell you straight, stop being soft. (laughs) Harden up, you know, read a bit more. Don't get told by somebody how much you're to read. You read. You go ahead and read the dang thing. Get get the whole thing in you. It's so amazing when you start reading it through. When you start reading the stories that come out of the Old Testament, the power then, the life that you can feel in the New Testament. I love reading the difference between the old and the new because when I read the old, I can't stop because of the stories. Maybe because I see them as a movie in my head. Hey, anybody else? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love seeing that stuff. But what stands out to me with the Old Testament is the lack of life. They're all trying it. I I was saying on Friday night, sometimes we don't appreciate something until we don't have it. Right? So you don't appreciate your own church until you go to someone else's. (laughs) Sometimes you don't appreciate at home until you live overseas. You don't appreciate New Zealand and how beautiful it is, how fresh it is, how nice it is, until you've lived overseas somewhere else for a while. Then you come back home and go, oh my gosh, I've missed this. If you look look at us now with the Holy Spirit, we take Him for so much for granted. We've got access to Him all the time, 24-7. But when you look at the Old Testament, you see people living without Him. And then you put yourself there and go, man, I'm so glad I'm not there. I'm so glad I didn't have to do all that stuff and live without the Spirit of God. Imagine if we, could, if we came to church and there was no Holy Spirit here. Imagine if all we could do was just you know, lift up the Bible, which is just the Old Testament, no New Testament, and just kind of read the stories and, and worship God just purely out of religious duty with no heart. Imagine if that's what you had to do every, every year. How many of us would come back to church? Sure. So when you when you take a look, I mean, if, if for nothing else, you read the Old Testament to get an appreciation of the Holy Spirit that is now bringing us life and is accessible to us twenty four seven. Man, that just does something in you. It just makes you appreciate Him and says, "I am not going to waste this chance I have. I need to access You. I need to access You every day." Then you'll start to see some changes happen in your life. When you access the Word of God, when you access the Spirit of God, when you lay down and worship before Him, not just on a Sunday, you actually put that time in, just like exercise. Hey, here I am with the food thing. You've heard the food analogy? Now's the, now's the exercise analogy. Everybody hates it at the start. You don't like it. But then you miss it once you've been going for a while. And then you suddenly realize how good it is for you. And then you can't do without it. And then you're like, man, I just need to keep on going because this is the way I maintain my spiritual health. And you realize, man, that's the way I should have been operating for so many years. Instead, I've been watching Netflix. Instead, I've been going out with my mates. Instead, I've just been hanging out. Instead, I've just been, been looking at... Even ministry can get in the way. Be careful. Sometimes I think in church, hey, we have to be careful that we don't send this subtle message that says busyness in ministry is, is an excuse for your work, for your walk, for your personal walk. But don't ever get, don't ever get to that place, mind you. Uh, when I sometimes I see, I hear people saying to me, uh, "No, I can't come because I need some time to rest in the Lord." You know, no, I can't come to the Sunday service. But then they've been out six nights. To the club? No, no. You. you know they've been they've been doing other things, but it's the church service that they'll say no to because they're tired. <laughs> hey, so no to something else. Come to church. <laughs> All right, you getting the vibe? I love this psalm. Come on up, Andy. Let's do it. Let's respond. I love Psalm fifty-one. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Have I made anybody thirsty and hungry tonight? Hey, you want to go read read the word right now uh, and worship? Well, let's worship. Let's stand up and let's, let's, let's worship God. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you ushered the Holy Spirit into the planet so that now we can access Him anytime, day or night. Holy Spirit, forgive us for having taken You for granted. Lord, we access You. We submit our spirits to You. We want to invest in You. We want to invest our spirits, invest into our spirits with You. Thank You, Jesus, that Your Word says because of what You've done, we can boldly enter the presence of God. So we walk into your presence now and we open up our hearts. Just take a second, open up your hearts now. Open up your spirits now. And even if you don't feel like it now, start to, start to unite with Him. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit EquipusChurch.com.